0: You're listening to WNCP Marquette, home of the North Coast Post Podcast. North Coast Post. Ah, yes. Welcome back to the North Coast Post Podcast. With me today, we have three fine artists, musicians... Travis Tw- Travis Swanson in his trio, not Travis Twanson. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be a very cool pseudonym if you're ever looking to expand. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today, Travis. Thank you for
1: having us. Who do you have with you uh, um, in your trio today? On tenor saxophone, we have Patrick Booth. On the bass, we have Jonathan Letts. Welcome, gentlemen. Um, so... Uh,
0: you haven't always been a guitarist have you a lot of kids pick it up in in their pre-teens early years uh i understand you're kind of new to the instrument relatively speaking
1: oh uh, yeah uh i started playing uh i was 17 i was going into my senior year of high school and my sister had gotten one for christmas like two years ago and every once in a while i'd pick it up and just kind of like hit some stuff on it you mm-hmm. know and be like kind of mocking her in a way i guess <laughs> Uh, but then I kind of really got interested into it for whatever reason i don 't really know why I mean it was really weird i mean really i was i was uh the captain of the basketball team at my school uh, I had a really good basketball team more known as uh you know as a athlete around the area i guess uh but when I turned to my senior year like every day after basketball practice i 'd go home and like didn 't do my homework or anything. I was just practicing you know and that 's kind of <coughs> been the constant uh which just led me here 8 years later so oh. did you find that that uh
0: work ethic that's established in the athletic arena translated well to to
1: getting good at an instrument i think so i think it's you know you can learn it a lot of different ways It doesn't have to be just through sports for me it worked out where i was i was able to learn a lot about um you know discipline self discipline motivating yourself and then also what it means to uh you know be part of a bigger a bigger collective other than just yourself and, you know, hold yourself accountable and how, you know, if, if, I, if I'm not prepared for the gig and I show up and these guys have been working all week on the charts or whatever and I show up and I'm not playing well and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing then I'm letting down the team. Yeah. You know, so there's definitely those aspects to it for sure.
0: And when, uh, you're from Palmer, Michigan, is that right? I am, yes. I can't imagine there's an overabundance of uh, mentors there musically for you to lear- learn and study under. no. Uh, not is there, at all Is there
1: a jazz scene in Palmer? No, I mean, there was when I was living there Was there? <laughs> well, yeah, oh I, yeah, I you. made it
2: <laughs>
1: The one man scene Yeah, but yeah uh, No, not really Just a really, really weird place For So where did you draw like
0: your me. influence from Being so remote?
1: Uh well, I met a I met a guy, I was actually dating his daughter at the time. Uh, funny how that worked out because me and him have stayed best friends. Uh,
0: that, yeah, that is rare.
1: Yeah. And uh, he was turning me on to all this really hip music, a lot of old blues music. So that was initially what I was, you know, kind of pulled towards for music um, was real traditional blues and R&B. So he was showing me B.B. King, Freddie nice. King. And this was maybe A few weeks after I had started messing with the guitar. So I didn't really ever, you know, some people come up to my gigs and be like, hey, can you do Sweet Child of Mine? It's like I kind of skipped all of that. The classic kind of beginning things that people start playing on the guitar Smoke on the water. Yeah, I was like learning Freddie King. (coughs) And then also, I don't know if John even knows this, but uh, I saw John playing when he was about, when he was like a j- senior in high school maybe, or maybe even a freshman in college. And he had this band called Voodoo Brew. And these guys were like all my age, and they were all like really good for their age. And I was like watching him. I was like, you know what, this is pretty cool, I could (laughs) get down on that, you know, so I was like kind of bugging John right away too, right? I had probably been playing for like five months, I was like, John, give me a gig. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Nice. I was terrible, but he
1: he let me, you know, I don't know why, but we still laugh about (laughs) it. must have saw something in you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And and you hit the road for a while, huh? Yeah, when I was about 21, I moved out to L.A., uh, and I worked with a guy who... And then kind of just toured, did a lot of Southwest stuff, you know, down in Phoenix. And I was living in Austin for a while. He was kind of split between L.A. and Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Two then, great
0: music towns.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just kind of, you know, there were some personal things going on. And, you know, just living on the road, that was my first time kind of being away from I mean, I moved from Palmer to Los Angeles, California. So that was huge. That was a really big culture shock for me too, you know. And I can see you just stepping off the bus with your guitar case in <laughs> your hand, and your <laughs> it was me getting off the plane in LAX, like, Whoa, what am I doing, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I did that for a while, and then, uh, oh gosh, that would have been. And then like a year and a half ago, I got a call from a guy, John Namath, his name is, and he's an internationally acclaimed you know, soul, soul blues artist, and he's he's incredible at what he does. And uh, I toured with him for about nine to ten months. Uh, but at that time, I'd, I'd when he hired me, I hadn't really been working on playing blues anymore. I'd really gotten involved in uh, learning how to play quote-unquote jazz, more or less freeing myself as an improviser, I mm-hmm. guess is the way I look at it. Um, so, you know, doing nine months with John was great and everything, but I was trying to get up really early in practice while being on the road every morning. And I was just getting so burned out because I wanted to keep my jazz chops up, you know, and you just didn't, I didn't have time to do it hardly ever. And I'd be getting up at like six in the morning after like a two thirty gig, three o'clock in the morning gig, hang party and try to practice for a few hours and then get in the van Wow. Drive seven hours. <laughs> yeah. So I got my, I mean, my girlfriend moved on to Memphis with me, and we were down there, and, you know, I'd come home off the road, and I just, I was just useless. I couldn't do anything, you know, I was just exhausted. So I decided that this is kind of where my heart was and mm-hmm. where I wanted to go, and despite a lot of people thinking I'm crazy for leaving a money gig like that yeah. and everything, it's like, People love know, their blues. Yeah, you know, and I'm just doing my blues, I guess, you know, whatever well, you, that means. You speak of
0: freeing yourself up uh does jazz seem more limitless i i guess for lack of a better word is there can you expand further on, on in that genre
1: uh, you know i i, I wouldn't want to say that any genre like like a genre like blues or anything they're all art so they all are limitless as far as as you can imagine them to be you know but i think for me the emotional content is more what i'm kind of drawn to and with jazz there seems to be and this is just my personal opinion, but a wider array of emotions that you can, you know, you can convey to the audience. Uh, emotions that are often, you know, complex and sometimes things that aren't as just as simple as, you know, I want to get drunk and have a good time, which that's cool. I feel that too, right. you know, I'm a youper, man. You the emotion there. Yeah, right? but I, I like to have, you know, the, the, all of the emotions available instead of just, you know, having a few colors, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Do you find it harder to express emotions using instrumental music?
1: No, you know, because to me, uh, my instrument is my voice, you know, and these guys all feel the same way. Uh, You know, instrumental music, although it's, you know, devoid of lyrics, it doesn't have to be devoid of lyricism, Hmm. you know. So it can still be very vocal and melodic without having to be, you know, based exactly on a set of lyrics or something, you know.
0: Definitely. Well, uh, some of the uh, one of the tunes that you you're prepared for today, pretty unusual. Yeah. Why don't you set us up uh, for that one a little bit here?
1: Um, you know, there's a great composer and piano player by the name of Thelonious Monk, oh, yeah. uh, and I've always kind of marvelled at his compositions because it's like you can't play anything but the melody. Like the melody is like the only thing that really, to me, ever has like really been like yeah. Not unless you're John Coltrane, you know. Then do whatever you want, but <laughs> there's only one of those. Uh, so I, I was trying to write a tune, and I was thinking like, I want to make it pretty, but I want to have the harmony be kind of dark, you know. So it's kind of just like the juxtaposition of like this very kind of childlike melody, uh, and then the unusualness kind of underneath it, you know.
0: All right. Well, let, let's give it a listen. Without further ado, here's the Travis Swanson Trio with Pretty Unusual. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: Very nice. That Thank sounded you. good. I, I can uh, see where you're going with that title. I picture autumn couple walking through Central Park and something slightly going awry. And I like it. Yeah, discomfort. Man. But <laughs> still, you know, it's subtle enough to, we can just keep
1: walking, you know. So. Yeah. As but, long uh, as it paints a picture, you know.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what it painted for me. But, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it, especially... Uh, Jazz. It is. It is up to the listener to interpret it, right? As well as the, the soloists and musicians, and right? Um, very nice. Um, when you're sitting down to write something like that, do you, is that the melody that comes to you first?
1: Uh, it's. There's no consistent way it happens. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me. Some people might be a little bit more organized, or you know, they have a thing that works for them. But uh, I'm a very sporadic writer. I don't write often but sometimes when I do I'll write you know like 10 or 11 pieces and I find that usually what happens is I'll have all these ideas I'll write 11 pieces and about 2 or 3 of them are like ones I really want to explore further you know And I think most you know if you talk to any writers I guess of any whether it be poetry or you know short stories or whatever it's probably I'm imagining for a decent person you know I don't consider myself a great composer or anything but I'd imagine that's probably pretty decent odds you know, yeah. Two out of ten,
0: three out of ten. Yeah, throw some things up against the wall and see yeah, sticks.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do you find
0: this uh, isolated environment conducive to uh, songwriting and building your chops? Yeah, um, I guess I'm not quite
1: sure what I you're mean, asking. You can
0: hold yourself up for uh, the entire month of February doing finger exercises here without... Oh, okay, you're talking much. about the weather, uh, Yeah, okay. yeah, just the 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 weather the, and the, and there's not as many distractions here as there are in, is in L A as you can t- attest to and I too uh, who have lived there
1: right yeah uh, I think to me this place represents kind of like a safety net uh, because I'm I'm from here so it's like any time that I need to like you know go home so to speak and kind of just like you know, it's like when you're a kid and, like, you always know you can go play in the backyard and it's going to be cool. You know, like, there's going to be something to do and you're kind of safe there. Like, nothing too bad's going to happen. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like Marquette for me. Is like I can always come back here with ideas or thoughts or things that I need to work out. And, yeah, you know, winter comes around and it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to shed. You know, you're going to be in your room eight to ten hours a day. But truthfully, I do that in the summer, too. So weather, I guess, doesn't really have a huge <laughs> impact on me.
0: Right on. So is that what it, what it takes to get to this,
1: this level? Is it is just putting in the hours and the grind? I mean, for some people, yeah. you know, I do know some people who it's just like, you know, it's just like, what is wrong with you, man? You're so good. And what do you do? Like, it doesn't, they don't practice or anything, you know? It's, yeah, I'll pick up the guitar once in a while, you know. Do
0: you notice breakthrough moments like, oh my God, I've been working for four days straight and I haven't advanced. And then all of a sudden just wham, like it catches up in these spurts
1: yeah I think you know for me personally, you know everyone has a different relationship with music, but I find that for me, she's a little you know you have to really coax her sometimes and get her to do some stuff for you you know it's she doesn't always give it so <laughs> uh yeah i find yeah, I would say there's definitely some times where you feel like you're just playing the same stuff and you just you're just stale and like oh. yeah. uh, but you know as far as like getting way better I, I don't seem i don't feel like i get way better every few weeks or anything like i used to yeah but i think a lot of it is just about every day waking up with the mindset it's like okay i'm gonna get this stuff done today and i'm gonna get this much better you know because those little increments are really what you're fighting for you know the big ones if they happen great you know
0: yeah once you get to those level it's those small increments that define the, the good and the great right so it sounds like you've pretty much committed to making music your career then
1: yeah, I would say I, I, I haven't had any real reason to do anything else yet. You know, I went to Northern, and I was basically done with my teaching degree. All I had to do was student teach, and I ended up getting that gig with John, and I was like, I'll go do that. Teaching is always there if I want it, you know, but...
0: And you had, were accepted to Berkeley and but decided not to go?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I'd been playing guitar for about a year at that point, maybe a year and a half, and I still didn't really know anything uh, somehow I got in there. I was just like, yeah, I'm going to, cause somebody told me that was like the place to go. If you were a guitar player, yeah. I didn't really know, you know? And I was like, well, yeah, that'd be cool. And like, I was like, okay, well I got in, but like I said, I hadn't really been playing anything. I was only playing for like a year. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to like, a guy told me, he's like, well, you know, you're probably not going to get any scholarships, you know? He's like, cause you just like barely got in.
0: It's expensive school.
1: Yeah, and he's like, really, you know, you just spend all your money on records and stuff. He's like, and just learn all that stuff. He's like, you'd be okay, you know. And I was like, oh, I, you know, and I did go to school through teaching, so I am very aware of uh, the metacognitive practice of teaching and stuff. So I, I think at this point, I've developed a pretty good system for teaching myself.
0: Yeah, and you obviously have the discipline to, to stick to it. Right. So yeah, sounds like a good decision. I'm <laughs> sure it was a tough one though. Or not necessarily? It was never really
1: a decision, and I've heard other people say this, and I think they're like full of crap, but I think it's kind of, I don't think you ever really say like, yeah, I'm I'm, going to make it, man. You know, it's just (laughs) like I wake up every day and I'm like, okay, I have this day, I don't have any real responsibilities, like I'm lucky, (laughs) you know, one day at a time, I guess. Yeah,
0: there's certain degrees of making it and just uh, actually being able to earn money is, is in a sense making it. Um have you explored music licensing? Do you have your songs out there on on the sites for video producers like me to to use in their projects?
1: Not yet. Um I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping for another strong uh resurgence of writing, you know, creativity to blossom here in a little bit and then hopefully I'm hoping to record a record here sometime this year. I don't have any music recorded yet though. Oh okay. Had some people ask me to do things, you know, but I just I'm not I'm not going to put my voice on a record unless I really want it on there. You know what I mean? You'll so, know in the times right. Right? Yeah. So I'm still kind of holding off on that. Is uh, gigging
0: up here uh, lucrative? Does it at least cover your costs. I mean, do you make a living doing that?
1: Yeah, uh, lucrative. It, it absolutely is not. <laughs> it's not the word I'd use. Uh, I do fine. You yeah. know, I mean, it's it's pretty Thorovian, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I don't really, it'd be nice to have, like, some more stuff, you know, but I don't need it. Yeah,
0: we got a nice guitar, that's a...
1: Yeah, and all my stuff works, you know, I'm happy with it. <laughs> but I right don't... Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you, you can't make a lot of money, I mean, you know, I play pro- probably about 20 shows a month at this point, and mostly it's just fun, though, you know, I get to hang out with these guys and play some music, and...
0: How is it received uh, um, among the the Uper community? Do they seem to enjoy your
1: shows? I think when I first started, people could relate to me a little more uh, because I was playing music that was maybe a little bit more relatable. But in a lot of ways, I think a lot of people, like, especially this group, like, if we bring this group into a place, I think a lot of people are just like, what in the heck is (laughs) this in Marquette? Yeah. Like, I get a lot of tourists that just can't believe it. You know, it's just like a total mind blow for them. But also, I think that's kind of cool that we're able to provide that for – I love this community, you know, so I think it's cool that we're able to provide something way different, you know, for the community. And I think people respect – uh the caliber of the musicianship you know and they respect that the music is being done well and that uh the musicians are playing at a high level you know
0: well as i'm acclimating to to the scene up here i gotta say i was quite relieved to uh, stumble upon um this level of of high culture music Um, yeah you know it was it was a pleasant surprise so thanks for bringing that up here and uh you know pushing all all the local artists to up their game, you know this scene is growing, and
1: it is, yeah, and I think uh you know that that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do, you know it's never like a malicious thing, like I am doing this to the full fullest you know capabilities that I have and i and I hope that instead of you know like making people go why is he tr- you know why is he doing that it's just like why don't you do it, too? Yeah. You know, it's like everyone, if you know, if you just stick stick with something and put your mind to it and put all of your being into it, it's like, I don't know many people who haven't been successful with that model, you know? I mean, yeah, you might not have a lot of money or anything, you know, but you're going to do what you want to do, you know? So I encourage everybody to do that, you know?
0: Yeah. It translates across all all the fields. Right. Um, we're going to allow you to play us out. Or we're running out of time uh, with your song, um, Trial by Fire, with yeah. your trio. So uh, thank you for joining us, and thank, thank you, for you gentlemen, us. for being here as well. Next week, uh, Mike Walker, the Dia de los Tacos guy, will be our guest. Have you guys tried those tacos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, great taco oh, yeah. truck. Crushing. Crushing tacos. An-
1: another very strange thing for this area that we are lucky to have. Yes, that's world-class taco on wheels right yeah. there. So I just saw you won an award for something. Yeah, yeah, we'll be yeah. talking to him about that next
0: week. But until then, it's BJ signing out for Travis Swanson and his trio. Here they are with Trial by Fire.